you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Welcome to Move the Sticks. I'm Bucky Brooks here with my man, Lance Z. We're holding it down in Naptown, talking all things Combine. And on Saturday, we got an opportunity to see the passers and the playmakers uh, kind of do their thing. The passers, the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs all did their thing on Saturday. It was a great opportunity to kind of like validate and confirm some of the things that we had talked about. Uh, first, general thought, um, Lance, what, like, but just your thought and what you saw on Saturday yeah. from the playmakers. Well, you know, kind of disappointed that uh, um, the Drake May didn't throw, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, those three guys. Um, at first, there was some talk that that J.J. McCarthy wasn't going to throw, but really he was just not going to run. So he did throw, mm-hmm. so that was good getting to see him. Um, I, I thought one of the things that stood out to me was that I thought J.J. McCarthy started a little bumpy but got better. As as it, mm-hmm. as it went along, kind of self-corrected, which is nice to see. I think that was something that stood out from the quarterbacks. Um, going to, I'll just give you a quick overview. Going from a running back mm-hmm. standpoint, you know Isaac Gorendo from Louisville to be that big and run a four three three is just rare. When you have height, weight, speed like that, and there's not a lot of guys can do that. One of them's name is Derrick Henry, and uh, when you can do that, teams pay attention. He doesn't have a lot of reps because he was at Wisconsin and was kind of a backup and he looks like a Wisconsin back transferred to Louisville so I think he's one of those guys that's going to have some it's going to create some serious discussion in the uh in the meeting rooms between the coaches and the scouts about where his value should be and then you know of course it was uh some very fast times in the 40 as we expected but the two stories to me were Xavier Worthy's 4-2-1, obviously, but also Keon Coleman mm-hmm. running a four sixes. So we have to figure out what we're going to do with the 165-pound wide receiver that can run a 4-2-1 because on the broadcast, they're talking about first round, first round. And I just, man, 165 guys in the 165 pound guys who don't win contested catches in the first, but have speed that is 
that most players in the league can't even relate to. Like, what do you do with that? What do you do with Keon Coleman, who's got some really good tape, but ends up running into, you know, into four sixes? I mean, it's um, there's some there's some discussions to be had. And then you got to take A.D. Mitchell, kind of a rough field workout, but ran tr- mm. tremendous for his size in a four three. So it was a, it was an interesting day to see you know, kind of who would show out in the field versus who ran fast. And sometimes you just have guys who ran okay, but then showed when they were doing football drills that they're the real deal. Like Roman Wilson, he ran a six, he ran four, four, which is fast. I thought he'd go faster, but then, you know, he looked like a good receiver in routes. And then of course, Lad McConkey, I thought him, him and, uh, and Pearsall were really, really mm. Pearsall tested great too. I mean, ran oh, fast, yeah, jumped high. Uh, he had a really good workout. Yeah, he did have an outstanding workout. Uh, let's talk about the general overview with the wide receivers. Nine wide receivers timed under 4-4 four, four seconds. That's the most since uh, at least 2003. Um, you know, the thing about this, we talk about it, and I maybe I have a little bit of a, a different take on the wide receivers when we talk about like how talented the wide receiver class is. To me, the more talented it is, the, the longer you can wait to attack the position. And so when we talk about supply and demand, there are more guys now than ever that can play to think about a lab McConkey or Ricky Pearsall. Uh, you, you talk about AD Mitchell, maybe being a first round pick, but those other guys being like guys that you could talk about in the second round. I, look, unless you're talking about one of the top three, you probably can sit back and wake and, and kind of cast your eyes at a different position. So everyone is going to talk about maybe six or seven or eight guys going first round at wide receiver. I would say, why? If there's so many of them, and we feel so good about all these guys. I mean, think about it. We mentioned uh, Roman Wilson, Xavier Leggett. Um, just, just think about the wide receivers that were out there putting it down. I think you can, in, on day two, go and get your wide receiver. I don't think you necessarily need to go day one. To me, that's the thing that I got coming out of it. There's so many wide receivers that, as much as I love the guys at the top and even looking at Roman and Dunze do his thing, I can't say that there was major difference just athletically and skill-wise between some of the guys that we project in the first round and some of the guys that we project in, on day two. Yeah, because the supply side so high and uh, with 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 good talent that could become starting talent on day two, I think you do have to look at positions, you know, where the supply is not as high and maybe jump up there and, and take a shot at the back end of the first on that. So I think – when you when you look at you know Brian Thomas had a great run at four three four mm-hmm. and you had some some guys at the back end of, uh, of course Xavier Worthy is going to be talked about Aiden mm-hmm. Mitchell is going to be talked about but then when you really take a look at it and you say okay if I miss out on him but I can still get Xavier Leggett or I can go get Jermaine Burton or or Javon mm-hmm. Baker or or, or McConkie or whoever I want I mean, I'm mentioning Roman Wilson uh, a bunch of names <laughs> Pearsall a bunch so, of good players a I bunch mean a bunch of good, of good players, players a bunch of good players yeah. where they're not that far apart. And then I know that there's not many, you know, that may push Jatavion Sanders up because there's not a ton of tight ends. That may push up a defensive tackle. So, you know, it really could, the supply and demand could have a big impact on the first round. And I do think there will be teams who say, why are we going to take wide receiver now? We're going to trade back and go get whoever's left out of our clump because we know they're all about the same. That's the thing. And that's, that's what's going to be fascinating as we continue to watch the process play out. Uh, because we're going to have so many guys that are loosely graded and really close, closely graded that their the tags are going to be tied. Uh, you may see that you may see teams bypass 
uh, the quarterback early to go attack a position like an edge rush. Hey, let me go get an edge rush right. now because I may not be right. able to get back to it. Um, maybe go look at one of these interior linemen at the bottom of the first round because, look, there's a divide once we have to get down to the top two or three. Like those kinds of things, making decisions on that kind of stuff could impact it because right now the defense position between cornerback and wide receiver, we're pretty confident that you can get those guys on day two. So as much as we talk about mock drafts, speculate about those skilled players going in the first round, it might be a way for the heavies to get into the bottom of the first round because there are so few available. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, let's talk quickly about uh, the quarterback. So we talked about J.J. McCarthy. Um, I was of the mindset that this was a great opportunity for him. It's a big stage. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams did not elect to throw, did not work out. So all eyes were on J.J. McCarthy. And even though he didn't run, um, he had an opportunity to throw it and throw it on stage where we could see it. And as most people have talked about, he was a little up and down. But I will say this. Uh, I had an old school scout teach me, hey, man, grade the flashes, grade the high points of a player, because if they can do it once, they can do it again. I will say when he pushed the ball down the field, he was throwing the deep post corner and kind of hitting the outbreaking routes and, and, and like hitting the deep corner, but then hitting the end breaking routes. To me, it was really easy to kind of see him uh, playing well. And we kind of loosely came up with this comp on the preview show uh, where I talked about J.J. McCarthy kind of being like Alex Smith. I think the more I see him, the more he reminds me of Alex Smith when Alex Smith was with the Kansas City Chiefs and with the Washington football team, uh, just in yeah. terms of how he plays, how he moves around. Uh, not sexy, but solid. I think that's where J.J. McCarthy falls into the line. Yeah, he's he doesn't have a big arm, but what he has is if he throws with timing, it's really pretty because he can throw with really good accuracy. He throws a nice catchable pass. You know, it's – you really got a chance to see the timing on these quarterbacks have to throw kind of that deep out. And so it takes a certain level of timing to understand when the wide receiver, it's it's a combination of timing and arm talent, right? How much mm -hmm. do you make these guys stop and wait for you? How far do you push them up against the, uh, up against the sideline? It, but it really starts with timing and he's able to self-correct his timing. That was something I talked about earlier here on the show. JJ McCarthy understood, okay, I'm a little late there. I want to tighten up the timing here, and I'm going to put a little bit more on it. There's some times where the ball just kind of nosedives on him a little bit on those throws, so I think he does have to really step in and, and deliver with some extra gas sometimes, but I don't worry about that. I mean, that's that's something that can be done. Uh, I thought Bo Nix was solid, threw the ball accurately, uh, intermediate and deep, but not as much pop on the throw as I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I, and that's why you got to get mm -hmm. on the ground sometime and watch them, watch them in person. Because when you watch these quarterbacks, one after the next, after the next, it really, their pluses and minuses from an arm standpoint really stand out. And I think he's a guy that is truly going to be a system guy where when it's defined for him and he knows where he wants to go with the football, he's going to be pretty good. But if you get him in a system where he's just got to constantly make things happen on his own or has to try to do too much, I, I don't know that he has the the, as big an arm as I thought he had on tape. So that was something I learned yesterday on the field is that, okay, I maybe overestimated his arm just a little bit. Accurate and all that, but not as much zip on it as I was anticipating. Yeah, a little different. A little different, I thought. Now, I've always thought that he kind of is the uh, off-speed pitcher in baseball. You know what I'm saying? He's going to paint the corners. He's going to hit you with the, the slider and the curveball yep. and all the junk. 
he has all this stuff in. He has to play in a system that I think is very controlled. And so the control type systems I'm talking about are like Kevin O'Connell we use in Minnesota, what Sean McVay typically uses in, in with the Rams. Uh, not quite Jerry Goff, but maybe um, kind of like a more a beefed up version of what Brock Purdy was at Iowa State, a better version where he's going to be smart. He's going to be able to do all those other things. Uh, not the biggest arm, but if you ask those guys to run a bunch of in-breaking routes and take care of the football and manage the game efficiently and effectively, he can do all those things. Um, uh, how about Spencer Rattler? Because there's been some buzz uh, after his performance on Saturday, some buzz about how he threw it, where he should be, how talented he is in comparison to other, some of the other guys. Where do you stand on Spencer Rattler? You know, I like Spencer Rattler. Uh, <clears throat> I don't love him, no. I think he's a backup in the league. Uh, but that's, you know, for me and for what we do, Bucky, we're trying to put together a 53-man roster. And, you know, too many people get too hyper-focused on only starters. But I think what Spencer Rattler did is he allowed you to envision him as a guy that you can have on your roster that will back up. And then if things go wrong, how does he step in and handle the offense? And you got to remember now, he's had gone through adversity. You know, Penix and Bo Nix and Rattler, these are guys who – Came in with a lot of fanfare. Uh, well, Penix not mm-hmm. as much, but they, but they've dealt with adversity. They came out on the other side. You had great, you know, Penix and uh, and, and Bo Nix had mm-hmm. great production and ended on really high notes as five year starters. For Spencer Rattler is just way different. He he was this five star. He was talked about as being the top pick in the draft. Was really humbled uh, during his yeah. time at, at and you know and lost his starting position. Uh, had to go to South Carolina. Has not had. Huge production and numbers, but put together a big game against uh, South uh, against Clemson uh, in a big moment. And I think that I think being humbled has really helped him. You know, we know he was a real loose cannon on that quarterback show on Netflix, and kind of people thought, man, this is this guy's a jerk. He's this, that, and the other. Uh, I think he's really grown up potentially, and that's only for you know teams are going to know that. But uh, with the with the work that they do and the interviews, but. He strikes me as a guy who understands who he is now, maybe better than he did mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, understands some of his limitations, understands his strengths. Mm-hmm. And I think yesterday was a great example of a guy who has been through adversity and was really confident on that big stage and threw like he was, you know, threw like a guy who's not afraid of anything. He's He's gone through some of the rough patches and has a level of confidence now that maybe he didn't have in the past. I can 100% believe that. I can see that. Uh, the conversation at quarterback is interesting. Uh, the most polarizing quarterback prospects, I would say, would be Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Uh, that creates a little opportunity for Spencer Radley, not necessarily to jump up over top of those guys, but I think he's squarely in the conversation as a day two candidate. Uh, probably third round range is, is, is what we're looking at. But when you think about what he was able to do in the senior bowl and then how he performed at the combine, then going back and digging into his past and knowing that he had to overcome some adversity going to South Carolina after being hailed as, I mean, I think people need to understand that when Caleb Williams took his job, people were talking about Spencer Rattler being the number one overall pick in that following draft. Uh, so you want to give him his props and give him um, his props in terms of just recognizing and appreciating the talents and then just see if it's going to lead to something better uh, down the line. But I definitely can see him as a as a third round pick, someone that comes off square in the middle of day two. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I think he's got a chance uh, to do that. And and once you, you know, once you're in camp, you're in camp. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's 
He's he's not a big guy, but he's played in some, with some smart uh, offensive coaches, and he's played with some talent around him. So um, he's one to keep an eye on. We got we got the the top you know six guys that we mm-hmm. talk about all the time: Williams, mm-hmm. Daniels, May, Knicks, McCarthy, Penix. So it's the next level. Like I think he's on a level by himself. I mm-hmm. don't think there's anybody there's another one other than Rattler. Like Rattler's in tier two, and that's it. And so because of that, his value goes up because people know that once those once number six go, one Knicks and Penix go, Rattler has to right. be the next one to go. You have to wait till next year. So that pushes his value up. That increases what it can be. True. That's why I um, confidently say like a third round looks to be his range. Uh, anybody else? Because we're talking about throwers and catchers. Anybody else yeah. uh, that we should talk about? Well, I want to mention Joe Milton because it's funny. You know, I put a I had a video out. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people videoing Joe Milton throwing. They're just throwing the deep go routes. And I see three people videoing next to me, including Pep Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, damn, if Pep's doing this, I better get my phone out. Mm-hmm. And so I captured something that's already got three million views. Pete Schrager picked it up and all these people. And it's a great shot. And he, it's when he delayed. He delayed, waited, and then threw it 70-some-odd yards mm-hmm. on a dime. And as the as the guy caught it, he brought his little handgun out and went bang. And it was a cool little moment, you know. And, mm-hmm. and he had been thrown with pretty good accuracy for most of his throws. For a guy who's so scattershot all the time, mm-hmm. I thought, man, this is a nice little workout. I was talking to Greg Cosell, and who who really, from NFL Films, who specializes in quarterbacks. He's like, yeah, he's he's actually throwing the ball with a lot of poise and and, and accuracy, and I know it's not a – see, this is the thing. It's not a game. The bullets aren't flying. The haters had to run in on Twitter and make sure and put the wet blanket on that on that young man's moment. You know, he had a moment, so let's, let's, yeah, yeah. let's, put, the, let's put the fire out, make sure we mm-hmm. tell everyone how bad he is. But what I will say is he has rare – Traits. He has rare arm. He has rare arm talent. Mm-hmm. He has tremendous size. He has tremendous strength. And when you have flashes, and it's not just the long throw, he had some flashes yesterday. That's the kind of stuff that can get you drafted. You may not have been drafted. Teams may not have wanted to draft you. And then they see something and they go, you know what? Let's scratch him in in the third round and let's let's take a chance. You know, he wasn't on our board before. Let's put him on our board and see if we've got something developmental. Let's get him into a camp potentially and see what we got. We could cut him, put him on a practice squad, see if we get another year of development. It's little things in the combine like that from Joe Milton, who has the that kind of uh, those kind of traits that can make a big difference uh, on d- draft day for his opportunity in the league. So I I mm-hmm. wanted to mention him spe- mm-hmm. mention him specifically because the tape's not great and he's been heralded left and right, but still when you have flashes, flashes get drafted because it's a lottery scratch off ticket and you're just hoping that those winning numbers hit. That's all it is. You want the you want to get the Bucky, the uh, treasure chest to match. You hope you get four yeah. treasure chests. Yeah, you're trying. Something to... pops up out of nowhere, and that's it. That's all it is. It's funny that you talked about Pep Hamilton being down there watching him because you got to remember in the preview show, Pep Hamilton named Joe Milton as the guy that he wanted to watch. And I was thinking uh, a guy like you guy, Chris Ballard, who loves traits. Um, he could be an interesting pick on day three when you think about that developmental prospect that you want to bring in, that you don't have any plans of playing, but you just want to work with and see if it can be a, a future commodity, either for your team or as a trade chip, maybe Joe Milton is that guy. He certainly has the size, the arm talent to do it. Now you just got to figure out if you can teach him how to play. But that arm talent is certainly uh, jaw-dropping. 
Think about that uh, first first guys off the bus. You start with Quentin Nelson, then comes DeForest Buckner's and Eskinex guy off. Then here's Anthony Richardson, uh, Joe Milton, and then we'll take Jonathan Taylor. You know, we'll come out there, Quitty Pay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So you got some freaky guys getting off the bus. You do have freaky guys getting off the bus, and all the reason I suggested the Colts taking Joe Milton is if you're gonna go on a trade guy like Anthony Richardson, what's gonna prevent you from going the same route with Joe Milton? Like if the quarterback coach is doing the same thing, I mean, you know what I mean? Like right. you might as well have two of them, and particularly with Anthony Richardson being banged up as much as he was as a rookie, it's just interesting to me. Let's take a break, and on the other side, we'll talk about the running back. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Here you go. Welcome back. Uh, Lanzi and I are breaking all things from the combine and the Saturday performance, but let's uh, move over to the running back position. Uh, there was a lot of intrigue about the running backs. We want to know who's going to run fast and, and do those things. What stood out to you about the running back? Well, I thought Jalen Wright ran really, really fast, but uh, there were some interesting times, but I thought the field work, you know, these guys can catch, Bucky. I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I have never seen a group of corners, safeties, running backs that run routes like this and 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 
more importantly, well, running backs run into routes, but I'm talking about the DBs with hands. These, these running backs really can catch. And I don't know if it's just they work, but some of them like Bucky Irving, you know, they they don't get a whole lot of catches. But mm-hmm. uh, I think or Audric Estime, for example. But there are other guys who are used in their offense, but maybe not as much. And then you watch them out here, and it's just it's really impressive to see them working out as as uh, as pass catchers out of the backfield. I'll never forget how good Christian McCaffrey looked. Like he just separated himself. You came away from the combine knowing, okay, he's a little different, and indeed he is a little bit different. A guy who I thought had a good day, he ran in a five, in the four fives. But Blake Corum, he came out and like he's he's thick as a brick, and he's coming out out of the backfield, snapping off his breaks on the Texas routes. Everything's real natural in terms of his hands and his transition from catch to run. Just just a really solid solid player um, out of the backfield as well. So Blake Corum was impressive to me. I thought that you know I thought. Bucky Irvin and Audric Estime, two guys I mentioned, were a little bit tight-hipped. Audric looked like he really struggled, as did Frank Gore uh, Jr. with kind of getting in and out of breaks was one thing that was uh, a, a little bit of a concern. I thought Trey Benson and Marshawn Lloyd, two of the better running backs in this particular class, both caught it really, really well, as did Tyrone Tracy, a guy that I'm higher on than most, who was a former wide receiver turned running back out of Purdue. Um, he, as you would expect, looked really, really natural. So a lot of these guys, we'll start focusing on some other ones as well, Bucky, but I think the way that they can catch it now, they're understanding that this is a big part of the game. Uh, It translates into the work that they're doing, getting ready for the combine. It's not just about running 40s. It is truly about being able to look good catching the football now because that's what's ultimately going to make you more money. Lance, one of the guys that you mentioned in that group when we're talking about guys who kind of impressed and feel workouts was Trey Benson. And Trey Benson is someone who came in, uh, people not knowing how fast he was going to run. The fact that he put down that 4-3 and then called the ball the way that he caught it. When you go back and look at the tape, there are a lot of intriguing uh, attributes that he brings to the table as an RB1. Uh, I think the physicality and the toughness, even though I could say he needs to finish his runs with a little more force, uh, a running back at his size running that that fast and catching the ball out of the backfield, he's going to be intriguing. And when we're in a time that everyone is looking for that value, that bargain basement running back that you can find maybe in the second, third round, third, fourth round, uh, Trey Benson certainly helped himself with his performance, as well as some of the other guys that you mentioned. Yeah, and, you know, to me, you run like that with his size, and, like, he could be in the top of the second. You mentioned second, mm-hmm. third, fourth. To me, he locked himself in a day three, a day two. Um, I don't know yeah. how he – you know, you have a running back with that size and that speed – and I mentioned yesterday on the, the broadcast that we had, he reminded me watching of Chris Carson, who was kind of finesse and, and you know, mm-hmm. try to be slick with it in college. And then his the Chris Carson's guys in his I read about this, the guys in his uh uh in his running back room said, Man, you just need to start hammering people, just just use yeah. your size. And he did that in Seattle and he was a big factor. If Trey Benson can mix, you know, the the can can mix the ballerina. With the hammerhead, then we got something because you mentioned finishing runs. It's uh, you have to finish runs in the NFL or they'll take advantage of you. Like you gotta, you gotta strike first and strike fast, uh, or you'll mm-hmm. just be a sitting duck with guys just laying into you. So um, Trey Benson's a guy that I had to move up my ranking yesterday. I just got done adding some points to that grading scale, going from eventual starter into average starter territory because you know he he did what he needed to do here. Yeah, he did do what he needed to do. And I think um, watching him 
kind of performed, the way that he came away with everything, the way that they were able to do it. You like that. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, uh, or maybe somebody on Twitter did this. They did the overlay with Blake Horn and another running back. Running back ran faster, but they were going through the drills. They were going through like the bad cut drill or whatever. And Blake Horn, who ran in the four or fives, just the quickness and the explosiveness that he displayed, that he displayed like going through the drills in terms of just how quick he is with the lateral cuts. The thing that has always impressed me the most about him is he's freakish in terms of his balance, body control, and the way that he can hop from one hole all the way two holes over to get yeah. in and out of it. Uh, and I know the speed will knock him, but in terms of a pure running back, I don't know if there are many running backs that are better than him from top to bottom and just in terms of like how he plays the position. Yeah, and he gets, you know, I mean, Michigan, it, you don't always get a shine in Michigan's offense. They're built to win games. They're not built to make you look good. And He does a lot of stuff where he's running duo, and he's just in there in the mud just trying to, mm-hmm. you know, just drag his legs through the mud and get you go from a three-yard carry to a five-yard carry. That's how Michigan likes to do it sometimes. And so, you know, he doesn't always look pretty, but then you look up and he's got a billion touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. He is effective out of the backfield. He's tough. He's smart. And most importantly, like he's got great football character. They they love him over there in that building. Mm-hmm. So much like Spencer Brown, there were guys like Evan Hull last year, I remember, but more importantly, Spencer Brown. He's kind of that big bodied running back who, you know, is not going to run away from you, but is also going to just keep the odometer going. Here's the yards, the yards, mm-hmm. the receiving yards. If he's a second running back, you're not going to lose a lot when he comes in the game because he keeps the runs on track. He doesn't try to do more than he can do. I like him. He's just one of those guys that I think coaches are going to say, I really like him. You may not love him like first or second round, but you got a lot of like for him. And those guys you like end up being, you know, co- contributors for multiple years in the NFL. Yeah, last thing. But anybody else that we need to talk about, anybody else that's a major surprise, someone that we've been sleeping on that we need to continue to talk about or monitor as we go forward? Oh, um, I would say, you know, he didn't work out. We didn't really get to talk about him, Buck. So let's bring up Will Shipley. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not talking about anything. Yeah, I'm not talking about anything about, you know, Will Shipley from from the combine necessarily. I'm just talking about Will Shipley, the player, because we he didn't work out at all yesterday. He didn't catch. But you and I talked about this off the air. Everyone's just kind of sleeping on Will Shipley like he's not in this draft. And I'm trying to figure out why, since he can run, since he, he's 206 pounds, which isn't bad, he's got good speed, he can play out of the backfield. To me, he's got some uh, uh, James Cook-type stuff to him where he mm-hmm. can be a really effective second back that can do some matchup stuff with you. I'm just – I'm kind of surprised no one's talking about him at all. It is quite – like, it is funny how he's kind of flown under the radar, man. And anyone who watched Clemson football the last couple of years, man, he was the driving force of that offense. He is terrific with the ball in his hands. He can run inside and outside. You talked about – his ability to get out in space. He absolutely has some CNC in his game. Christian McCaffrey, um, he, he can make it He can make it happen in a, a variety of ways. We just haven't talked about him. And I would hate for us to go through the whole process and not talk about him. And then he pops up in year one and becomes a star in an yeah. offense in the, in, in the right role. He, he, he has big-time game. And um, hopefully running back coaches are paying close attention to his game um, because the guy is talented. He's really, really talented. Yeah, we'll just have to see him at his pro day because it was already quiet and you don't work out the combine, you stay slept on. So we'll just wait until the the, uh, the pro day and see how he looks. But I think he's going to have a good pro day. And I think people will wake up a little bit and start talking about him again. 
Yeah, hopefully that's what I'm talking about because he's a good player. That's all I got, Bucky. It's time to roll. Right, we man, gotta man. we gotta get the yeah, last day go. in and get rolling. Yeah, gotta 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 get the last day in. Gotta gotta button it up. Gotta say goodbye to all our homies. So you guys make sure you tune in. Uh, we got the next podcast coming up in the middle of the week, Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll do a recap. We'll talk about all the offense, then we'll wrap it up with all the defense and get you what you need. Uh, keep it locked. Don't move the stick. We'll see you next time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.